Welcome to episode 51 of Re-Educating Dad, the cross-generational talk show. Uh, this week, we are back with Little Tone, who was missing last Ooh. week. What happened? What happened to you last week? You left Ben and me to do it all on I, our own. I was struck down with the dreaded uh, period pains, oh. unfortunately. And, I, and it gave me period brain as well, which made me completely forget. <laughs> okay. I was just curled up in the fetal position, uh, hoping to survive. <laughs> so have you been to the pub yet? No, I don't think I'll be going to the pub for a while. Some people went, some people apparently were, went right after midnight. Our pubs are absolutely rammed today. Are they? Outside, yeah. Everyone's, and also just the shops. The shops have huge lines. Debenhams has the biggest line I've ever seen. It like curls all the way outside the shop, all the way around to the seafront. There's going to be an uptick in infections, isn't there? Well, they did say that on the news. They said, you know, with opening up, expect there to be a slight increase in infection. Hmm. But it's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. It, 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 yeah. I mean, it's the price we have to pay for getting our freedom back. So we are without Ben this week. Um, we're likely to be without Ben also next week because Ben ha has got to do, has got to get his head down for his A-levels. Um, so um, good decision by him, I think, to concentrate on that. He's, uh, as you can probably tell, he's a very um, diligent young man and he wants to do well in his A-levels so that he can get his place at his chosen, his first choice of university. Now, this week, our topic um, is a very interesting one, and it was proposed by you, Little Tone. Why don't you... Well, actually, before we do that, I just want to say... Well, let me tell you what it's... What, the, 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 this episode... <laughs> Are you all right? <laughs> Thoughts. I, Thoughts I went everywhere. into a mental cul-de-sac. This episode, <laughs> this episode is about the Netflix documentary Sea Spiracy, and I'm going to let Little Tone introduce the topic in just a moment. But I want to say this first: Little Tone put me on to Cowspiracy. I guess it's Little Brother or it's Big Brother. Um, and uh, that that was very influential in my journey to becoming vegan. It didn't send me vegan straight away, but it really got me thinking about the resources uh, that we waste uh, on agriculture, because it's a very inefficient way of producing our food and uh, the nutrition that we require. Uh, so it certainly gave me a big jolt, uh, and I was very grateful to Little Tone for. In fact, that's probably the biggest contribution she's ever made to my re-education program. Uh, so yes, I know. Uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the first thing to say about that. It was actually what the health I think that pushed me all the way over the edge, and I think it was after watching that uh, documentary, What the Health, also Netflix, I believe. Uh, that made me make the overnight decision to go completely vegan. That was three or four years ago. 
can't remember which. You, it's not. It's not owned by Netflix. It's just the platform that it's on. Sure. Now, Netflix yeah. haven't paid for any of these documentaries to be made. Sure. Well, I but, don't know. I don't know what the financial arrangement is, but so, yeah, you're right. But they are the a huge contributor to the amount of viewership that they have. Obviously. Uh, I, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm going to let you introduce the topic of seaspiracy and why you wanted to discuss it this week. Sure. So we're going to talk about the controversial Netflix documentary Seaspiracy made by 25-year-old, sorry, 27-year-old filmmaker. I think his name's Ali Ali Tabrizi. I might be saying that wrong. Um, and it uh, examines the brutal impact of the commercial fishing industry on a global scale. And um, I have not eaten fish or meat, I think, for at least seven years now. Um, so I wasn't really expecting uh, it to have such a profound um, effect on me because I already don't eat fish. I already don't contribute to the fishing industry. Um, I thought I was pretty clued up and aware on aware of how it operates and how damaging it is to the environment. But I was just blown away by this documentary, absolutely blown away at the stats, at, um, at my complete ignorance, to be honest. Or, or, or the public's complete ignorance and the ignorance of well actually we'll, we'll wait until we'll, we'll wait to talk about that but I just um had to share it with you dad um even though you don't eat fish either I just thought that it was such an interesting topic and one that's being discussed a lot by my my friends and colleagues and stuff and um it felt like a because I remember when I first pitched it to you you said you you weren't sure that there would be enough to talk about uh, but you've watched it now so i've watched it and it made a very very big impact on me um i mean actually i i was pescatarian for several years b before i became vegan pescatarian meaning that you don't eat any uh, fish sorry meaning you only you don't eat any meat but you do eat fish and uh, seafood um and actually uh it was eating fish and particularly seafood um, that for the first time in my life made me have slightly elevated cholesterol, which the doctor said I really needed to do something about. And he, Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, we used to eat lobster tails <laughs> every Friday. I think that was our treat on a Friday. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, shrimp, prawns, that sort of thing. And that they are high in cholesterol. So they had an impact. So um, I, when I, when the doctor said you, you know, he was talking about putting me, putting me on uh, some medication for for controlling cholesterol, lowering cholesterol, and I didn't want to go on any kind of medication. So um, I, when I researched it, that's it came out very strongly that uh, uh, a plant plant diet was the way to go. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, I. People, a lot of people have the idea that eating fish is is um, okay and health, you know, health wise, but it really isn't. I mean, quite apart from that cholesterol issue, as it as, as it I think comes out in seaspiracy, the it's the, fish absorb all the filth that we put in the ocean. You know, yeah, and it it gets in not just cells. the not just the mercury and the hormones and all the but actual plastic <laughs> you know yeah. we are we are dumping plastic 
microplastics into the water and then they're being consumed by fish that we're then consuming. I mean, yep. you don't need to be a con uh, we're not a conspiracy theorist to say that that is actually what's happening. We actually just had, you know, just quickly off topic, we had some um, pollution, a massive pollution waste. I don't know if that's what you call it happen in Brighton and Hove over the weekend where basically loads of polystyrene beads were dropped into the water. Um, apparently they dropped in off the coast of um, Essex and they've washed up into Brighton and Hove. And they were asking residents to go out and try and help pick these polystyrene beads out by getting buckets of water and scooping it up and letting the heavy rocks fall to the bottom. And then the polystyrene beads uh, float to the top and then you scoop them out. And the reason is because they look like fish eggs. So lots of the seabirds eat them. Oh. Um, so, I mean, that's just a small incident, you know, incident of, uh, of what can happen when we have industrial um, waste going to the water. Anyway, um, back to sea spiracy. Okay. One of the uh, most profound, uh, well, I'm not sure if profound is the right word, but one of the biggest sort of like um, takeaways for me was this idea about sustainability and sustainable fishing. Yes. Um, it seems to be like a major point of contention in the film um, where it basically says, you know, the, the uh, documentary accuses like charity organizations like Marine Stewardship Council and um, what's the other one? Um, the one that gives you the, the dolphin safe label. Oh, that is MSC. Oh, no, sorry. That's the Earth Island. It accuses them of uh, hiding the fact that industrial fishing can never be 100 percent sustainable. Um, because sustainable fishing promises that the uh, environment or ecosystem where the fish are caught um, won't be disrupted or affected. And actually, in reality, taking any fish out of the water um, in an ocean that's so depleted of wild fish um, is not sustainable. So even those lovely, small, little family-run fisheries where, where it's just a tiny little boat that goes out, you know, like a dad and his son or daughter or whatever go fishing, even that's not sustainable because we've depleted the ocean so much of the natural sort of like population of fish that even that has a negative impact. And um, they said that uh, if we continue commerci commercially fishing the way that we are, we'll have no um, ability to commercially fish because there won't be any fish in the water by 2048. Um, but back to this idea of sustainability, it's just a word really that's been created to make people feel comfortable with spending money in consumerism. And that really hit home because I, I own a lot of stuff. I'm a bit of a hoarder. And, um, I sort of like when I got onto the whole sustainability thing, when I turned vegan, I started uh, thinking more consciously about how I spent my money. I didn't even really use up the things that I had. I then went out and bought more stuff, but I bought su sustainable things. So, you know, lunch boxes that were made out of something sustainable, not plastic. Or, you know, I went out and got period pants rather than, you know, non-biodegradable sanitary towels. Or, you know, I got uh, hairbrushes that were made out of wood with you know, natural fiber, all of these things that I already owned in their plastic form, but I suddenly had to get this sort of like uh, badge of approval of sustainability by getting those items that weren't damaging the, the planet, but I already had them all already. So it is, it, it is just sort of like a, 
a way to brand things to make you spend your money and feel less guilty about it. And that, that felt, I was like, oh, that really hurt because it was just like, I felt like such an idiot. Um, I get the point. I, I do get the point. Seaspiracy has made a, a big uh, impact on people, people, you know, friends of mine. Uh, I signed that petition. I'm sure you've done the same. Have you? Yeah. yeah. So, and, and did you notice, I mean, uh, they, they do it very well, don't they, on change.org so that you, 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 you see all these people contributing money. And it's just a constant stream of people who are signing the petition, uh, giving money. And then, you know, I got Facebook uh, messages from friends saying, yeah, it's really made a big impact on me. It's, you know, got to do something about this. And, and uh, so that's good to see. The, the that's bo- the beauty of um sorry just quickly that's the beauty of it being on netflix because yeah it makes it accessible to people and actually um like i said to you back when we chatted about veganism the reason i went veganism uh, the reason the reason i went vegan is because of the documentary um blackfish which has nothing to do with veganism it's about the exploitation of sentient creatures like whales yeah. and dolphins there's a link isn't there with this because they talk about how um uh, how uh you know, in order to still provide whales and dolphins to those um, those sea parks, Sea World and so on, you, you, it you know it ends up that there are eleven you know eleven dolphins killed for every one that's given to one of those things. But they they pay so much money for them that it continues to fund the killing of whales and dolphins. Um, but that, that that the thing that you mentioned about the dolphin safe label and that sort of nonsense, mm-hmm. um, it, it came over worse even than you're saying. I mean, it, it it really came over as totally corrupt to me. I mean, they weren't even well, checking. They weren't checking. Well, it was the same. They, they, you know, they was, basically sorry. relied. Sorry, they just relied on trust, and and they were motivated by the income that they were being paid by the fishing fishing company comp- fishing industry uh, to pay for the f- right to use the dolphin safe label. Well, so, the, at first, I didn't think interest. it was that. I didn't think it was that sinister. This is the same problem with the meat industry and the dairy industry, though. They end mm. up being these huge sponsors for these charities, and uh, by you know official partnerships. Sorry where they are contributing lots and lots of money, like hundreds of thousands every year. And it's basically just to, to <laughs> remove the damaging impact, you know, like the eco side that we've talk, spoken about before. But it was way more sinister than I expected it to be because uh, when I was watching Seaspiracy and they were talking about uh, the, the dolphin safe label, uh, the guy was speaking, I can't remember what his name was, um, but I think he was from the earth no, he was from the he was from the people that yeah the Earth whatever they're called, um, Earth Island, the Earth Island Institute. Mm. Um, yeah. They're the ones that provide the dolphin safe label, and he was saying that they have observers that go aboard <clears throat> onto these ships to ensure that you know thing, things are being done safely. Um, but he says that the observers can be bribed with money, mm. or they they have a really high um, chance of being murdered. Um, and actually, I thought that it was like an amnesty type thing where the label meant that it was sort of like they were watching what the industry were doing. They were basically saying, we're watching you. So, you know, it's a bit, a bit the same with amnesty, how they kind of write letters. I mean, you say writing letters don't really do anything, but it's like a way of reminding, 
you know, these dodgy people that, that they're being watched and the world is seeing what they're doing. But then when I found out that there were these really wealthy, you know, you know, they had these huge amounts of funding coming in from these partnerships that were destroying the ecosystem. I, I was just like, this is awful. This is, this is feels like a huge conspiracy, but it's not. I mean, even myself as like a non-fish eater, I'm still contributing to the industry indirectly through my taxes because it is subsidized by the government. Same with farming too. It's disgusting. You know, mm. we've, we are, we are absolute lemmings, <laughs> you know, just pay, you know, yeah, it's awful. But, um, it was, there was this also this kind of like a uh, bycatch thing. Yeah. Um, where, you know, they, they're trying to fish for salmon, but they, they are given a, what's the word, dad? Like a, dis, um, not disposal. Dispensation. Um, Dispensation. You know, you know, like in a pub with beer, like you're given right. a waste percentage, which right. might be the frothiness of the beer. You, you get that with whales and dolphins and stuff like that if they get caught in the nets or, you know, mm. turtles. It's just a percentage of waste yeah. as a by, byproduct of the fishing well, industry. I mean, it's bound to happen. They're using, um, they're using uh, huge nets that can actually, could actually catch a cathedral in them. Um, that just you know plow along the bottom of the ocean and just collect everything. Well, they're bound to collect lots of stuff that they're not intending to collect, and a lot of that is precious sea creatures. Um, well, three hundred thousand whales and dolphins killed every year by bycatch. Yeah. So, but but you know the the fact um, the fact they shared was like these uh, fishing nets are like the size of cathedrals mm. and they pick up everything and they're so heavy that they drag across the, across the seabed and they and destroy, wipe out, it, destroy all the, yeah. Plant, yeah, all the, um, so not, not even the dolphins and the whales, but the coral and, you know, the, the algae and the seaweed and the, you know, everything, everything is being destroyed, not just the marine, the marine life, but sorry, I've lost my train of thought, but you know what I mean? It's being completely mm. wiped out. It's being, it's just yeah, like, it's like a great big hoover, just like hoovering the oceans, you know, I mean, when we're just depleting them at a, a vast rate. Uh, now the, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the BBC's the BBC have what they call their reality check team. And they did a, an article, which I think was probably supposed to be an attack article to a certain extent. Uh, on the Seaspiracy documentary and entitled, and you can look it up on the internet, but entitled uh, is Netflix, um, Netflix's Seaspiracy film right about uh, fishing damaging oceans. <clears throat> um, and it, it goes through the main claims um, in the documentary. And it seems to me that all of the claims, no, not all, all bar one of the claims stands up well. Um, the, the main one, which they put right at the top, which is, you know, which has had serious doubt cast on it, is the one that you mentioned about the oceans uh, being depleted by the year 2048. For commercial, sh uh, commercial mm. fishing per um, purposes, not as in there'll be no fish in the water, as in there won't be that amount of fish available to be 
court anymore. Well, the, 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 claim make, the claim made in the film, and I'm looking at the article now, it, the claim made in the film um, by the film director Al, Ali Dabrizi, also the, also the, <laughs> also the uh, narrator of the film. You didn't like the way I pronounced it? I don't think that's how it's pronounced, but you made it sound very Italian. Okay. <laughs> Dabrizi. Yes. Um, so he actually says in the film, if current fishing trends continue, we will see virtually empty oceans by the year 2048. The claim, uh, the BBC article says, originally comes from a 2006 study and refers to a New York Times article from that time with the headline, study sees global collapse of fish species. Uh, but this article goes on to say that the study's leady, leading author is doubtful about using the findings anymore uh, because, and it, it, this goes on, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, read it out verbatim, but, uh, but there are plenty, the, it, it is argued that plenty, there are plenty of examples of overfish stocks um, that are being repaired, uh, you know, that there has been big efforts to repair and those, and those efforts are having, are making some headway. Uh, but it concludes, uh, overfishing, certainly a big problem. Um, but you know, with enforcement, uh, stocks are recovering well is the, is, is what is said about that. So I think, you know, one could say that, uh, that that has been dented or some doubt has been cast on that particular claim. But the other claims, one of the big ones you may remember uh, was the huge effect that, um, that is being caused by plastic that comes from discarded fishing nets and other paraphernalia that comes from these killing machines, you know, these huge yeah. commercial killing machines, uh, which are fishing boats you know it, it it isn't the image or that image isn't accurate anymore of a father and son going out in a little you know fishing boat they're like huge just uh, abattoirs on you know on boats really or boats that are i mean and they're not they're destroying the ocean in so many ways because they're obviously pumping pollution into the water yeah um, and then they're dragging all this plastic through and it's you know th these nets aren't like straws and plastic bags that are kind of um a result of just human uh, ignorance basically that we're just throwing on the ground these are designed to kill so yeah they're, they're very dangerous to, very hazardous yeah to to yeah uh, and livestock so, and that was that was like another thing that they said about the, those charities that are supposed to be conserving the oceans they are doing these massive campaigns about ending plastic straws and they're not talking about the industrial waste of the fishing industry. Right. So, so that second claim, nearly 50% of plastic in, in uh, one ocean Pacific area uh, is fishing nets. That's really stands up. Um, according to this article, the other one is that plastic straws only account, you know, everyone goes on about bloody plastic straws, don't they? Plastic straws only account for, 0.03% of ocean plastic, that claim pretty much, well, not pretty much, that claim stands up. Um, so they were unable to dent that at all. But one of the biggest claims that was made, which also stands up, 
is that microorganisms absorb four times more CO2 than the Amazon. I mean, that wow. is massive, isn't it? Mm. And it says that that, I, that actually it concludes, and you can read the article, it concludes that that actually might be an underestimate. That might have been a conservative estimate made in the film. Um, so when you're talking about the, um, the pollutants in the fish, it's the heavy metal toxins, plastic compounds, flame retardants, which is something that we have on everything, mm. uh, the mercury, um, uh, and um, actually the essential healthy omega-3 fatty acids that we all talk about. Um, you can't even really get that in fish anymore. And well, fish only get it through eating algae in the first it's place. It's the same so argument. I yeah. It's I haven't finished my sentence. So sorry, go on. You, you got me excited. <laughs> I know. I can tell. <laughs> that exists in the algae. The, the only reason why fish have those omega-3 fatty acids is because they eat the algae. So why on earth aren't we just eating the algae in the well, first place? It's why the same is it that argument. We're encouraging... Are you going to let go me on. say this? It's You're the, talking over me. <laughs> I know, but I'm excited. It's the exact same <laughs> argument about protein, isn't it? Pro, all protein comes from plants. The protein that you get from animals is because they've eaten the bloody plants. So why do we waste all these resources on, you know, making huge, great, fat animals um, that we then bolt gun in the head, slash their throats, and then eat them? Uh, in order, right, to, right. In, order to, in order to Pipe derive, down. in order to get, in order to get those proteins, which you could get far more effectively and far more healthily by eating the plants direct. And it's the same argument. And I hadn't realised that till I saw Seaspiracy. I really hadn't, because everybody goes. Well, I was. That was one of the reasons I went. You know, went mad and went pescatarian is because of the omega three. You know, which is supposed to be well, also healthy. I remember. Um, I remember when we went to Austria. And I was vegan and you'd gone pescatarian. And I asked you why you were still eating fish. And you're just like, well, you know, I don't really feel anything when I see a fish. Like you can see that a chicken and a pig and a cow like has a brain that they're, you know, emotional and, and stuff like that. Sentient, yeah. Yeah, they're sentient. Mm. But actually they've proven that fish are sentient and they do feel pain and they do communicate yes. with each other. Yes. And they showed a bit in Seaspiracy where all of these fish were in a tank staring at this man bashing the brain out of a fish. And they were saying they know that that's family. They yes. can see that one of them is being crushed. And, and one of the really shocking things uh, for me was watching this man on a trawler kick fish into a hole in the ship. He was just kicking them, yeah. just kicking them. And I was like, that's a living creature. Yeah. And, you know, just, and they also, how, how is it? Go on. Go on, go on, how go on. How is it that... I'll shut up. How... Please. How is it that we are so <laughs> detached and so... How are we so disconnected with nature that we are able to kick another living thing with a brain and with a spine and with, you know, that's something that experiences pain and, uh, you know, knows what family is. How is it that we're so disconnected that we can just kick it with so disre su such disrespect? We've There's become, a problem. Yeah, There's a I mean, much bigger problem there. We've become desensitized, haven't we? I mean, the same way as we have about animals. I mean, at the moment, we're, we're enjoying this beautiful countryside in the Cotswolds. The main industry here, of course, is sheep farming. Um, and it's lamb season. These lambs, I've never even seen them before, because as we walk through the fields now, you're seeing all these baby lambs. They're absolutely beautiful. You know, they're just such cute 
gorgeous creatures. I just don't understand how people can bolt the gun them in the head, you know, rip them away from their mothers. I mean, I think there's something seriously causes. wrong with someone that can do your job like that. And it causes such, obviously, causes such pain and anguish and stress uh, to the mother, and uh, you know, and and uh, of course, stress obviously to the to, to the animal that is being put to death. And of course, then that we as human beings eat that stress. I mean, that can't be good either, you know. So, um, it's this. I, th- I, would, I think it's fair to say that this is um, an area that's quite sensitive for you and I because we are vegan and we care about animal welfare and, and stuff like that. And, and that's been highlighted a lot um, in in the program. You know, it's it's sort of brought a lot more things to our attention. Yes. But for those of you that are listening that aren't vegan. I think the other really important subject is slavery um, mm. in, in the Seaspiracy documentary, an area that I literally had no idea about. It. And I'd like to bring up the, um, the point of enforcement, the fact that there's absolutely no way that we, we, can, um, that we have any enforcement in, in, um, in the oceans because it's so huge. And it hadn't even occurred to me that all of these fishing trawlers they are their own authority when they're in the water because yes. there's nobody checking up on them and they can say that people are sick and, and, you know, have fallen overboard or they've just died and, and, and no one can challenge that because there's no enforcement. And actually one of the interesting things was seeing how the army uh, in Liberia, which is off the coast of West Africa. Is that right? I think um, they have such a rich ecosystem uh, marine ecosystem that they are protecting it and they're protecting it with the army the army was working with sea shepherd to um track down illegal fish you know trawlers and they would aboard the vessels and they were sentencing the people on, on you know taking photos of what was going on the illegal fishing and sentencing them to prison hmm. and that's what i think we need to see on a global scale because there are illegal fishing uh, trawlers all over the place and they do not care about protecting the ocean because they are about, you know, making as much money as possible, meeting consumerist needs. Um, and one of the problems with slavery is that, it, it, I'm sorry to highlight Thailand, but they appear to be one of the um, worst countries for slavery. Um, is they're literally just getting people onto these ships to work for free and they're working them to the bone um, because the cost of fish is being driven down all the time and the need is being driven up. So they're trying to ship fish as much as possible and for as little cost as possible. So in, your, so in your, what you said to our listeners just then at the beginning of that um, uh, very eloquent presentation that you made, uh, uh, you, you were saying... You were effectively saying, if you're a non-vegan, if you don't care about the animal side of it, the eth- animal ethics side of it, then uh, think of the people who are being exploited as slaves, is what you're saying. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's what I was uh, trying to say. No, well, I mean, you, you, and you said that, and I, I summed it up because in that way, is for this reason that, uh, no. I, I, I wish people would think harder about this um, whole moral aspect of, of killing the animals, um, what we do to them. We've, we've just discussed it. 
Um, I don't really want to let them off that easy, so easily as you do in saying, well, you might not think much about the animals, but at least then think, go back to thinking about the human species. Um, you know, and I, I know people will make the counter argument as they do in uh, against veganism in, in mainstream veganism. Uh, they will make the counter argument that there are a lot of people whose livelihoods rely on farming animals, uh, killing animals, and processing animals for food, and so on and so forth. Uh, and therefore, there's an economic argument. Well, exactly the same argument was made when slavery was being, where there were, when the abolitionists were trying to get slavery abolished. The same arguments were being used, and that's why even when the argument against slavery was won they still said it had to be phased out. They didn't go, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, this is terrible, <laughs> keeping human beings as slaves. But so many people rely on it for their financial livelihood that we are going to phase it out gradually. So really? <laughs> uh, you know, and I, th I think that the, I think our species will one day realize that that in, for all sorts of reasons, but not least the moral reason, we shouldn't be doing this to our fellow occupants of this planet. We should not be doing it. And but uh, that's that's seen as quite a radical view. I agree yeah, with you. I'm like on, totally yeah. on board with you. So my the 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 angle in which I'm coming at is not um, that I'm letting people off. I just think that when you talk about these sorts of conversations. Uh, shaming people and making them feel guilty is not the way to connect with people. Well, I, I agree that with people, that. I, I, I'm not finished. I'm not okay. finished. No, um, no. And if you start talking about slashing cows' necks and stuff like that, people switch off. Well, it's like a self-preservation thing. They, I'm not they... finished yet. But <laughs> having this conversation and coming at it from a different angle, so you don't care about human welfare, you, you don't really care about the nutritional value of fish, because there isn't really any more, coming at it from the human ethics point of view because it's easier for people to connect with. So if, that's, yes. if that has to be your reason to not do it anymore, then fine, that can be your reason. I just, the, the end goal is the same. We need to stop fishing. We need to respect the planet. We need to respect other sentient creatures. And I'm not talking just about respecting animals. I'm talking about plants as well. Because okay. like we said before, the coral reef is being destroyed the algae is being destroyed. The oceans are the lungs of the planet. Well, when I we need to, to protect them. When I used to take uh, the Mickey out of you for being a vegan, I never thought I would be making the arguments that I'm now making. Um, in it would appear a more hawkish way than y even you are. <laughs> um, Jokes so, on you. <laughs> so yeah, it is. You know, I do. I, I do feel. You know, I feel humbled. Um, you know, when I used to make jokes to you about going and having a nice juicy bacon sandwich, uh, when you were, you know, well, actually you were very, you, you were always very, um, low key. Uh, you never tried to lecture or anything like that ever. And I guess I am a bit being a bit lectury and finger waggy. Um, but I feel, you know, I feel shame as well because I was brought up a meat eater. I was talking to my, my little sister about this at the weekend and I was saying, you know, I, it's, it's hard for me to be so, um, to, to be bra like humble bragging and stuff about this type of thing, you know, oh, what a good human I am that I care about this and I do that. 
it's the bloody least I can do. You know, I was eating meat until I was like 25. One of my favorite things to eat was like pork belly. Oh, that makes me feel sick. I, I, was, eating, I was eating meat until I was 61. So <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like it's, it's not, it's not a um, competition for who is the most, you know, green person or sustainable no. or caring no. for the planet. There was, there was such an amazing quote at the end of the documentary by that incredible woman that I can't yes, remember Yes, she her was name. incredible. I, I know who you mean, and, yeah. And the, the, the point she said at the end is, I might get this slightly wrong, but she said, no one person can do everything, but everybody can do one thing. Yeah, she was she was. Well, everybody brilliant. can do something. She was brilliant. And so um, as we wrap up here, I heartily recommend um, to our listeners that they, if they haven't seen it yet, to watch C- uh, Netflix's Seaspiracy. Um, and we would love to hear uh, whatever side of um, the fence you're on. Um, we'd love to hear your views. We'd love to hear what you think about what we've discussed. Um, uh, it's because I, I think it's a really, really important, really, really important topic. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think it's all, one of the biggest. Of course, we've got the pandemic that we're still trying to get out of the way, uh, but a bigger challenge than that, as recognised by scientists, is the uh, is the climate emergency. And this is a really big way that we can impact that. The oceans have an enormous effect on the amount of CO2 that is released into the atmosphere. Um, And, uh, of course, agriculture has an enormous effect on CO2, uh, on emissions, greenhouse gases, I should say. Uh, So um, either we believe we're in a climate emergency or we don't. And if we do, and we've only got, 10 years to stop uh, to do something about it before we reach a tipping point, then we have to start taking it seriously and we have to do radical things. And this is actually one of the radical things that we can do that will make a huge difference and actually doesn't really cost much uh, to your um, life. Uh, You know, I, I have found going on a vegan diet to be really exciting. I enjoy my food now more than I ever did. I find, I find, my food choices to be really exciting now. Uh, so I would encourage everyone to take a look at this, um, uh, take a look at this documentary. Also see Cowspiracy if you haven't seen that. Also What the Health. I think that all three of them, I believe. Oh, and you mentioned Blackfish, I think was the other one, wasn't it? Yeah, which is not anything about um, veganism, but it's just no. about exploit, you know, exploiting yeah, they're other all animals good. They're all for good entertainment. Impactful. Yes, they're all good, impactful uh, documentaries. That, but start with Seaspiracy. Let us know what you think. Uh, we do have a, um, uh, a brand new YouTube channel, which uh, we could do with some help on, because uh, that, I mean, we've only just started it and it's, uh, it needs some uh, TLC. If you could uh, like it and subscribe and all those good things and uh, you can see us actually uh, recording these episodes uh, on our YouTube channel, Reeducating Dad. So, uh, you got anything else to say before we wrap up, Little Tone? Oh well, I think you basically said it. It was so nice to hear you speak so passionately at the end. But I'm in, in agreement with you. We have to look at our indiv- individual impact, and we have to start respecting the environment. Fabulous. That's all I have to say. Fabulous. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for introducing this topic, uh, which is a great one. I've really enjoyed it um, and look forward to hearing Ben's view when he emerges 
from the other side of his uh, his A level exams. Okay, so it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Bye, everyone. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>